Hi everyone, good evening and welcome to Bible study with Fumi. It is another Bible study and I'm glad to be here with you. Today's Bible study, we're going to talk about a topic that we have touched on many times, but it feels like it bears repeating, it bears you know, reiterating. And so we're going to talk about righteousness, but we're going to look at it from just learning from a particular person in the Bible, and then we'll take it from there, even as we go into today's um, Bible study. And, you know, the scripture that I, that even started it off was a scripture I read that I shared with um, my community of believers, the, the community that I belong to, that we all spend time praying together and reading the word of God. And I had read the word of God and I posted to them. So I'll read what I wrote. But then I, it started stirring my heart in terms of righteousness and what it means. Um, and it's Romans chapter 10, verse 3 to 4. Romans 10, 3 to 4. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. And last week we talked about the finished work of Christ and how when Jesus was hanging on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 28 to 30, it talks about the process. It talks about all the chapters preceded had talked about what Jesus had experienced. And then we get to John chapter 19 and in verse 28 to 30, it says that Jesus says everything needs to be complete. So he asks for a drink of water, um, a drink of wine. He asks for a drink and they give him sour wine. And then when he takes that he then says it is finished and then he gives up his spirit and last week we talked about how when Jesus said it is finished nothing was lacking for the believer afterwards everything that the believer had from time you know from the foundation of the world from God's original plan God's original design what God had already said in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that when Jesus came it was all Put together, it was all fulfilled. And Jesus actually said to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill their purpose. So when Jesus came, he came to fulfill their purpose. But then I was reading Romans chapter 10, and then it talks in verses three to four, where it says, this, Paul is talking about the Jews and how the Jews have not embraced the gospel, where they haven't embraced the message of Christ and the message of righteousness that is attainable through Christ. And that for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Because when Jesus came, he came to make us right with God. But it wasn't that we did it ourselves. It was that God was the one who decided of himself that I know how to make you right with me. That righteousness that you need to have, I know how to sort it out. I'm going to do the work. And so it says that, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. 
refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. And the Bible has already told us many times that anybody that tries to keep the law, especially in the New Testament, after Jesus came, that's an exercise in futility because it can never make you right with God. And that's why God sent Jesus so that you had a, you had an all-access pass, if you could call it that. You know, one of the scriptures that helped to reiterate this was when Jesus said of himself, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone that comes to God must believe this. And when one, you know, and I remember thinking about that scripture earlier today and thinking, oh my goodness, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I've heard that before. I know what it means. But now even in the context of righteousness, Jesus is saying the way to be made right is me. I am the way. I am the life. I am the way that you can get into this right standing with God. He says, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. Romans chapter 10, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. And you know, this kingdom is a kingdom of belief. So many times you hear people make refer to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, where it talks about how God has saved us by his grace. But then... It's almost that we forget that there's a part where it says, God saved you, chapter 2, verses 8. It says, um, God saved you by his grace when you believed. It wasn't that salvation, it wasn't that salvation was made available and that was it. No, we had to believe. So he says, God saved us by his grace. And one of the gifts of salvation is righteousness. But righteousness is not attained by something you do. It's by what you believe. And this was the note I was sharing with my community, that God has made life so easy for us as believers. That the And the way he has made it easy is that he has given us the opportunity to be aligned with him by our belief. Not by what we do, not by how often we pray, not by how long we pray, not by how, how much we fast, not by how much seed that we give, not by, by the good works that we do. You know, because even Ephesians 2, if you continue reading Ephesians chapter 2, it says, it continues in the same verse, that I'm still reading in the New Living Translation. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We don't become righteous with God by the things that we do. We become righteous with God by our belief. And you know, when I think about this, when you say, oh, well, but what's the essence of the law what is all of that well there were people in the old testament that did all these things and all of that and you know one of the people in the old testament that even helps us to appreciate righteousness for what it is is abraham abraham the book of romans the book of romans tells us that abraham was counted as righteous but abraham is in quote under the old covenant so how could he have been counted righteous? It wasn't by what he did. It was by what he believed. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 verse 3 says, For the scriptures, 
So let me read from verse one. Abraham was humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What, I'm reading the New Living Translation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about, but that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Faith is belief. Faith is believing that something is. You know, that's why the Bible says that um, faith is, anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's smack dab in the chapter all about faith because faith is a belief. You have to believe something. And for you to be made righteous, it is a belief system, is not a thing of what you do. And you know, people talk about, well, so does that mean I shouldn't, does that mean that all the actions that we do, the prayers that we do, the fasting that we do, those things don't make us right with God? The simple answer is no, they don't. That's the simple answer. They help us to build a relationship with God. They help us to commune with God. They help us to grow in intimacy with God, but they don't make us right with God. Jesus is the way that we have been made right with God. And you know, we the reason why we have to settle this in our minds is so that we don't do things to try to get something else from God. The thing that we're trying to get, you know, when you think of the life of a Christian, most of more often than not, you hear that we should be righteous, we should be holy, we should do this. And you know, when I think of Psalm 24, where it says that who can ascend the hill of the Lord and who can stand in his holy place, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. That person is a righteous person. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Those things don't come by what I do. They come by what I believe. That access. Jesus said, I am the way. The access comes through Christ. And for that to happen, you have to believe in Christ. You have to believe in who he is. You have to believe that he is the risen Lord. You have to believe that he is seated at God's right hand because the Bible says so. Not because Bumi said so, but because the Bible says so. And he says that in verse four, three of Romans chapter four, he says, for the scripture, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And then if you continue in verse four, it says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned because they worked for it. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. You have to settle it in your heart that if you believe in God, you are righteous. You don't need to jump through hoops. You don't need to pray 10 hours a day. You don't need to fast to be righteous. Fasting is to build self-discipline. Prayer is to connect with God. Belief is what makes you righteous. I hope I've broken it down as simply as possible. Fasting. Fasting is what builds your discipline. Prayer is what builds your connection. And 
belief is what makes you righteous. Belief is what makes you righteous. When the Bible says that we have now become the righteousness of God, but it says in Christ Jesus, meaning that our righteousness is obtained through Christ. Our righteousness is not obtained by the actions that we do. And you know, this kingdom that we belong to is a kingdom of belief. If you go back to Ephesians 2, it says you have been saved by grace. That grace is the thing God released. But for you to receive it, you have to believe. By, you have been saved by grace through faith. It is a kingdom of belief that releases things to you. It is this kingdom that releases righteousness to you. It is this that you have to settle it in your heart so that you don't keep running from pillar to post. You don't keep running around thinking, oh my goodness, um, how do I do this? How do I access this? The things you want is by faith. The things you need is by faith. But the thing that, first of all, positions you to receive it is righteousness. It places you in a family that you didn't belong to before. When you believed, you became adopted. When you believed, you became adopted. When you believed in Christ, when you believed in what Christ did, that he died, he rose again, he has plundered hell, he has made all, he has done all of these things, all the things that we listed in the last, in the last Bible study. All of those things are done. They are done. They are, you know, it's settled. It's not waiting to happen. It's not waiting to happen. And you know, when we have this belief, when we have this mentality, it makes life much easier as a Christian. That's the truth. Because then you are less inclined to doing things to try to attain a certain thing with God. I'm not saying you shouldn't read your Bible. You should read the Bible. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith grows the more we spend time in the word of God. So you should read your Bible. You should study your Bible. You should meditate on your Bible. You should pray. You should fast. You should give. But we don't do those things to get something. We don't do them to get righteousness. We don't do them to get salvation. We get those things by our belief. I hope that someone's heart is being settled and I don't need to run from pillar to post trying to get things from God. And you know, it's also that belief system, that ability to believe what God said, what God has done, what is completely available to you will literally change the trajectory of your life and your walk with God. That belief. Because when you begin to believe, it just changes everything. If we continue reading the book of Romans chapter 4, it says, Romans chapter 4, if we continue reading, it said the promise to Abraham, you know, most of us, I don't know if, if, you, if you grew up in church, if you grew up in church, I grew up in church, um, I grew up in an Anglican church, and I remember one of the choruses we used to sing as little children was, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. But the Bible is telling us that the promise to Abraham and to his tenant, because God said to him in the book of Genesis, I will make you the father of many nations. It wasn't just that I will make you the father of Israel. I will make you the father of many nations. We are included in those many nations. But then he now tells us that 
Abraham, the title at that point in the chapter is actually called Abraham's promise is received through faith. Meaning that this kingdom that we belong to is a kingdom of faith. Is a faith kingdom. It says in verse 13 of Romans chapter 4, and I'm reading the common English Bible, the CEB. It says the promise to Abraham and to his descendants that he would inherit the world didn't come through the law, but through the righteousness that comes from faith. Meaning that the righteousness that you have causes you to access the blessings that God spoke to Abraham. But that righteousness, you don't get it by the things that you do. It's not by complying with the law. It's not about obeying the Ten Commandments. Can I just say that if you are striving to obey the Ten Commandments, you haven't fully understood the kingdom you belong to. You haven't fully understood what Christ has made available to you. Because when Christ came, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill their purpose. That the law was given to try to make people right. But now I've come. So you have been made right through me. So you don't need the law of the law. You don't need the spirit of the law. You need the spirit of the li of life. The one that comes in Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's what we now want to lay hold of and say, this is what we have. You know, when even God said, labor to enter into my rest, I believe it's in the book of Hebrews. When he said, labor to enter into my rest, he was saying, Folk, basically, renew your mind. That labor is a renewal of the mind. It's not a, it's not a doing works. It's not a how often you pray, whether you're serving or you're not serving. And it's why we feel bad or we feel like God hasn't answered us by the things that we did. God is like, you do those things because you love me. Because the spirit prompts you to do them. But you don't do them because you want to access something from me. How you get what I have for you as a believer is by your belief. So more, many of us, the reason we haven't got answers to the prayers we've been praying is because we have been doing it the wrong way. If you believe, your prayer should even be, thank you, I receive what you have already made available to me. Because if, for example, he says that all grace abounds to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, that and God has made all grace abound towards you, so much so that you have not just enough for yourself, but to abound, that you are self-sufficient, and then you are bound to every good work. That is not received by the things that you do that is received by your belief first so much so that when you are now using that scripture to pray if that scripture comes to your mind and you want to use it to pray you don't do it from a perspective of god is going to do it it is a case of god has already done it remember i said last week that the finished work of christ means that everything is already available to us God has already done. So when I'm praying, I'm saying, thank you, Father. I receive what you have made available. I receive all grace comes to me. It comes to me in abundance. Every favor and earthly blessing comes to me in abundance. So much so that I am self-sufficient. Why? Because I believe that that's what is now available. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 13, if I continue in the CB, it says, the promise to Abraham and to his descendants that he would inherit the earth didn't come through the law. It didn't come through the things that he was doing. It didn't come through meeting, you shall not kill. You shall not covet your neighbor's this. You shall not murder. You shall not lie. It didn't come from that. Those things don't make you righteous. They are a poor shadow of the original thing. The original thing being Christ, who gives us the law of the spirit of life. Those things, honor your, I'm not saying you shouldn't honor your parents. I'm not saying you should lie. I'm saying that when you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you take it through God's way, 
which is that he is the one that made us right with himself. When we take these things, the spirit of God inside of us, because remember that when Jesus said, Jesus said, I will go and then I will give you the Holy Spirit and he will be with you and he will be in you. When he is in you, he is in you to the point that when you think you want to lie, he will say, no, I'm holy. You can't say that. Guess what? It wasn't that you were trying to keep a, a command. The only commands you want to keep are the commands of Jesus. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. We don't keep commands based on trying to be right with God. We have been made right with God. And because we have been made right with God, his spirit is inside of us and his spirit inside of us compels us to do the right thing. According to God, not according even to man. You know, and that's why we need to be very careful not to be so hung up on the law and of keeping this scorecard that we miss the real score, which is to stay in right, not to stay, but to be, to be righteous by belief. You know, it continues in the book of Romans, because the book of Romans is very, I really like the book of Romans. It talks a lot about faith. It talks a lot about righteousness about what Christ did, about sin. It's a great book to read. Um, um, so if you continue reading, it says in verse 21 that he, that's Abraham, was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Then it continues in verse 23, but the scripture that says it was credited to him wasn't written only for Abraham's sake. You know, remember the song I was saying, Abraham's blessings are mine. The reason I can say that is because it wasn't just credited for Abraham's sake. Like when God said, this thing has been credited to you as righteousness. It wasn't just for Abraham's sake. It was also for you and I's sake. It says, but the scripture that says it was credited to him wasn't written only for Abraham's sake. Verse 24, it was written also for our sake because it was going to be credited to us too. It will be credited to those of us who have faith in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over because of our mistakes and he was raised to meet the requirements of righteousness for us. When he was hung on that cross, when he died, when his blood was shed, he was meeting the requirements of righteousness so that when we believe in him, we then take on righteousness. But everything happens by belief first. In this kingdom, we function by belief. If you are struggling to receive certain things in your life, check your belief. And you know, the Bible tells us in the book of James that faith without works is dead. So now you'd be saying, but when you just said we shouldn't do works. No, the work you do is a work that is driven out of a place of faith. Not out of a place of taking a, 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 an invisible checklist to then access something. No, if you believe, then you will respond by your actions. And this is something that God has been really helping me to try and grow more and more in. That if you truly believe, for example, that all grace has been made available, that every favorable and earthly blessing comes to you in abundance, then when I ask you to do something, you should believe that everything has been made available for it. 
let me give you a simple example so sometimes i'll be looking at my bank balance and i'll be thinking oh i can't really do this thing maybe for example i want to do my hair and i'm like i don't really want to and then i'll be hearing book the appointment i'll be thinking but i don't have the money in my account but i'll be hearing book the appointment do you believe that you have all things do you believe that every favor and earthly blessing has come to you do you believe that all the wealth of the nations belong to you do you believe that because if you do then you should book the appointment so I think last week or beginning of this week, I thought to myself, I need to do my hair. And I thought, okay, I have to act on what I believe. I believe that my hair will be sorted. So I booked the appointment. And guess what? The means to pay for the, the hair when I went to do it became available. But what was expected was that I would act based on my belief. And this is not to encourage recklessness, but to say that the more time you spend in the world, the deeper your belief will be. And because you will now believe, you will be, see, the things that we want, the things that we want are not unlocked to us by our waiting. So many of us are waiting on God. God is like, if you don't show, if you don't do faith without works, you, we need to see your faith, that everything has already been made available. But the way that you receive it is by your exercise of faith your exercise of your belief and that if you believe you will act belief is not something that's hidden belief is something that's visible and active it's why waiting is not a passive waiting as as a christian is not a passive activity for example i teach a lot about waiting for marriage and i say to people that if you're waiting for marriage if you truly believe that you're going to get married, then I shouldn't passively see you waiting for that marriage. I should see you preparing for the future that you believe you are going to live out in a number of years or in a number of months. It is your actions that tell me your belief. If you are still trying to meet the requirements of the law, you don't fully believe yet. Because if you believe what's the finished work of Christ, then you don't need to conform to the requirements of the law. What you then, but like I said, you then do things based on what you now know to be true. What you now believe to be true. Your actions are a reflection of your belief system. And the one thing that we must all be very confident of as believers is the righteousness that we have. When we came into Christ, we were made righteous we were made righteous but it was not done by our actions it was done by our belief and you know over the weeks and the months ahead we'll keep going deeper into understanding what we have been given understanding the what christ has done for us because it will change the life that we live it will my life is now moving in an upward trajectory because I am now changing what I, I'm literally sitting and saying, what do you believe? What do you know? What is settled in your heart? Because what is settled in your heart will make your life so different. It will change the way your life goes. It will change the way that you speak. Because if you believe certain things, there are certain things you won't say again. Because you don't believe those things anymore. Your belief will influence your words. 
many people make confessions, but the reason sometimes that they're not seeing the confessions because they don't believe what they're saying. They're saying it because it is expected of a Christian to make confessions, to make declarations of the word of God. But the, the declarations I write and I make come from a place of belief. That this is who I am. This is what I have. This is what is due to me. This is what can happen for me. As believers, I want to encourage us to focus, you know, focus on growing our belief. Faith comes by hearing Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Spend time in the word. You know, look, like I said, the book of Romans is really good for explaining righteousness and what has been given to us, how we've been made righteous. Read the book of Romans. Spend time reading the word of God. Read all the different, you know, read it in different versions, not just the book of Romans, read the New Testament. The reason I encourage people to read the New Testament, and I'm not saying don't read the New Old Testament, please read the Old Testament as well, but read the New Testament because it contains, first of all, the, Jesus used to call himself the son of man, and I'll use this to end. Jesus used to call himself the son of man. The reason he said that was so that we would know that he was fully man when he was on the earth. But the Bible also says that he was fully God and that as 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 believers we are fully man and fully god same like jesus as jesus is so are we in this world he was fully man but he was also fully god how do you know he was fully man when he was hanging on the cross and they pierced his side blood came out just so you know that he wasn't he wasn't a spirit walking on the earth and then you must not forget that the scriptures that have been written were eyewitness accounts of what happened it's not just that they just felt like writing a story. It's not a story. It is history. Even the ones, the archaeologists and all of that confirm that these things happened. So if he was fully man and he was fully God and he walked on the earth and did all these things, it means that we can do it too. Jesus said in John chapter 4 verse, John 14 verse 12, he says, the works that I do, even greater works than this shall you do. That you're going to do these things that I've done, but you will even do much more. When Jesus was on the earth, and you know, it's one of the things I want to check again. I don't remember his shadow healing anybody. But by the time you got to the apostles, their shadow was healing people. Greater works. But that's because they believed. They believed in what had happened. We must believe. If you want to see miracles, signs, and wonders in your life, it's all about belief because the Bible tells us, and I believe it's, it might be Mark, the end of Mark, I think it's Mark 16 or so, where it says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Then he now lists all the things that will happen. Signs will follow those that believe. If you are not seeing signs in your life, it's not that it's impossible. It's not that it's only the purview of some anointed people we all have the anointing the anointing that people are chasing up and down especially when we're going from church to church looking this anointed man of god can i be honest the bible tells us in first john 2 20 that you have the anointing of the holy one and you know all things the anointing is the holy spirit he's the holy one it says you have the anointing the only difference between that anointed man of god and yourself is knowledge and experience they probably have spent more time in the scriptures and that they have acted on what they have seen in the scriptures when jesus 
fed the 5,000, when food was multiplying, it wasn't the first time something like that had happened. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, the widow went to Elisha and told him that they were going to take her son. And he said, what do you have? She said, I only have oil. He said, go into your house, lock the door, and then begin to pour. If she did not believe what he said, she would have poured the oil. There would have been no excessive oil after. The reason that that happened was because of a belief. Jesus also believed. He said he looked to heaven and said, I thank you. I know that this thing is done. But is, remember that Jesus had, if you read the book of, I think it's the early books, it's one of the early books. I'm thinking the book of either, um, either the early, early book of like Luke or something. I think like Luke chapter two, Luke chapter three. It talks about how Jesus would be talking to the priests and they would be fascinated by how much he knew. What was he do? What did he know? They scrolled the scriptures. So when he multiplied bread and fed 5,000 people, it's because he had read that Elisha told a woman to multiply oil and the oil multiplied. Yes. Read your scriptures. It's all there. I'm not telling you anything that's not there. But that ability to create those kind of results comes by spending time in the word of God. It's one of the determinations of my heart that this year, things are going to be different because I'm going to so spend time on the word, but I'm going to also act on the word. And that the more I act, the better I get at it. The anointed men of God that you see, it is a spending time in the word and acting, acting it out, work, like literally doing what they've seen. Or hearing that somebody did something and seeing that the basis of it is found in the word of God and saying, I can do it too. I pray that as we have heard this word, there is a stir in our hearts to build our belief system. There is a hunger in our hearts to grow in belief, to grow in conviction. And I pray that as you have heard these words, these words are spirit and they are life. They, they set a flame inside of you, a hunger and thirst for the word of God and for the life that you have in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.